Hello and welcome to the Seeking Health Podcast. I'm Josiah. And I'm Jessica. And we were missionaries for seven years. Until we stepped back in 2019 to seek health and re-examine our beliefs. Right now, I'm a Christian, but not an evangelical. And I'm an agnostic. And we are deconstructing. And reconstructing together. together. Listen to some of our key episodes, such as Deconstructing Together. Domestic abuse. I'm a survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Mess us up a little bit. Let's keep going. The Cult of ATI Part 1 and 2 and Dehumanized by Purity Culture. Join us on our journey as we seek health together. together. <laughs> um, so today we're going to do a bit of a follow up on if you go back, back, back to the beginning. Episode 1? Is it episode 1? Mm, no. It's the first one that mattered, but it's not a good one. <laughs> so the episode that we did on the Cult of ATI, part one, and then we did a part two. Well, basically, we're doing a part three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've had a lot of, I've just been processing a lot recently. Um, you know, processing comes in waves. And um, the counselor had given us an example one time of a slinky. And it might feel sometimes like you're revisiting the same things over and over again. But really... Every time you've made some progress, you've gone around another loop, you've made progress. So um, I've been posting a bunch on my Facebook about just memories that I've had and just sharing the, sharing it and processing. And so I thought we'd do a podcast on that. Um, and what I wanted to talk about is how my family got involved in a cult, mm-hmm. because I think it's relevant. And I think yeah. this happens so often. And... I I spot it. I see the trend in other families sometimes, and I'm like, this is not going the right direction. Mm-hmm. But what can you say to them? I don't know. I don't know if there's anything we can say. But it is a trend, and I think we need to be aware of that. And I think it's just probably just good to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, ATI part three. <laughs> well, or, yeah, we'll talk about ATI, but how people get into cults. Yeah, it's not just my family history on how we got involved with the cult of ATI, but mm-hmm. just, yeah, how, how it happens. And we can definitely say too, like a lot of churches are very cult-like. Yeah. So like that word cult is like, it's almost too strong. And then people like react to it. And then they're like, you know, you can't communicate with them. But like, I mean, a lot of the people that are super into like anti-COVID and, and, you know, all this stuff about the government and stuff, it's like, whoa, like, it's it's gotten to the point where it is cultish you yeah know, it, it when you look at how thought control happens and things like that but cult isn't myself, I... cult isn't only religious compounds that right. are excluded from the world like cults can happen within a workplace cults yeah. can happen in politic group political mm-hmm. groups um and cult like behavior can be in parts of churches mm-hmm. for sure yeah, and I I understand the reaction to the word cult. It's such a strong word in our minds. I still have a hard time accepting that I was in a cult, that ATI was a cult, because it's called Christian, you know, and people that go there also go to other churches, evangelical-type churches, or have their own home church. And so it's hard to differentiate, differentiate <laughs> sometimes in my mind between, like, super fundamentalist and the cult because it's kind of a fine line (laughs) there's a really fine line it's almost the same but it's just like a step further Mm -hmm. and that's what ati was so it is it is a hard word to use cult. i keep using it in a way to try and like 
make my brain accept it mm -hmm. because it fits it fits all the different uh, like <laughs> what's it called that like we talked about a method right the bite model of the, the bite model control yeah which, that, which I it was a pretty good podcast uh, yeah I you can go so back myself. and listen to <laughs> um, but there's a guy that was in a cult the moon cult or the moony cult and he's since gotten his PhD in something something but he studies <laughs> cults uh, and he writes about it. It's Steve Hassan. Uh, I follow him on Twitter. He's a great guy. But yeah, there's a bite model of authoritarian control. It stands for behavior, uh, information control. I'm not sure what T stands for. And anyways, you can go back and listen to it. Um, but uh, I want to back up. You mentioned the Slinky at the beginning. And um, I'd be interested in how you're experiencing this because you kind of I've kind of been watching you and I see your body react and I see like, you know, you got more stress and, and then you're posting on um, Facebook and like, I, I can see that you're like something came up, you know, and that's how trauma is. Like you were mentioning the slinky, like, oh, I'm done with this. I'm dealt with this. And then all of a sudden it comes up again, but I have noticed it's different this time. So I'm curious, how do you feel like it's different now than, cause when you, when we did ATI last time, like it was a big deal. Like, yeah. I remember that, like you were laid out for a week or two weeks or something. Like it was, it was a lot that you were processing for a long time. How well, did this now? I'm kind of curious what you mean that I am processing different this time. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you after you tell me. All right. All right. I'll go first. <laughs> Show I'll me be the bigger person. You'll be the bigger person. Okay. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about it being different this time. I guess now that you mention it, I'm less attached to it. I'm more detached to how I speak about it or more like just sharing stories and sort of flashbacks, but without as much, without as much attached to it, without it being as draining. I went back and kind of scrolled <laughs> through my Facebook from the last like three days. Oh my goodness, I posted <laughs> I kind of swamped my Facebook with <laughs> memories. It's like, why is so many things popping up? I'm probably overwhelming people on Facebook. They'll probably all stop following me and they'll probably hate me. <laughs> no trauma response there. Yeah. <laughs> Which you said that to me and I thought, no, like I didn't sense that at all. <laughs> Just felt like I needed to get it out. And they were stories and they were part of my past and they actually helped me process. I mean, it helped me realize I ended up just writing out on one of the posts, just writing out how did my family get involved in a cult? Mm -hmm. And then I had a childhood friend comment. She's like, oh, that's really interesting. I was wondering how this happened because when we used to hang out as kids, this your family wasn't like this. Your family didn't have these twisted beliefs. So this is really helpful to understand everything else you've been posting. And it helps me understand some of the things my, your dad has said to me and things like that. And then my couple of my sisters have messaged me also and with some of the similar memories and like remembering before cult and after cult, the mm -hmm. before and after. So it's kind of been interesting. I don't, it has tired me out mm -hmm. some, but it hasn't been as emotionally loaded. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that, um, well, it's less, uh, just everything is less than before, like before, like you were like you had migraines and you, you just, everything was a lot and it was a longer period of time. It kind of feels like it was three or four days of processing this time. I, I didn't keep exact precise measurement, but 
Um, I don't think you've had a migraine, you have had headaches, and so physically everything has seemed less. Um, you've been, like before when we said cult, you, you always kind of said a lot of words around it, like I was raised in a cult, at least that's how I think of it, like maybe you don't agree with me, but like I kind of think, you know, whatever, and now you're just like, this is the cult I was raised in. It, it's kind of like solidified and you don't feel bad calling ATI cult. Someone on a Facebook group uh, posted, like, kind of mocked me for not knowing what 420 meant. And apparently it's like a, a connection to weed and getting high and stuff. Anyway, somebody at work told me about that. Yeah. So I didn't know I didn't what know it was. It. And they, the person was laughing at me as if I was stupid. So I just <laughs> replied, I was raised in a cult. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to look for sympathy i was just trying to explain that don't laugh at me i don't know these things <laughs> yeah i also sense more of a distance like i mean obviously it's your childhood but it feels more like it's a long time ago and there's like distinct lines like this is the cult i was raised in this isn't me right and i i sense that a lot more from you like it's it's cleaner and yeah, I had a new friend, new Facebook friend, like she was asking me like just about my childhood and stuff. And just like, she was like, this just, I thought this only happened in movies. <laughs> and it was kind of weird to be like, oh, my story is kind of a movie story. Um, but also then she asked like, how do you feel like this still affects you to this day? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it still affects me to this day. And it probably always will, hopefully to lesser and lesser degrees. But you can't change your childhood and yeah. it's always going to affect your life. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Well, that's why, that's why cults target children and that's why it's important to protect children. Yeah. And Which kind of leads into my sure. story of before and after with my mm -hmm. family and how we joined a cult. Like my parents were both first generation Christians. They were raised Catholic and my dad left in his I don't know, eight years old or 10 years old, something young. I had some crazy years and met the Lord, you know, in his mid twenties, my mom was 16. They met at Bible school and then they were in ministry their entire working lives. And then they started having children. And as first generation Christians, they didn't necessarily know how to raise kids in an evangelical way. Mm-hmm. But we lived in in, uh, in Quebec, French, and we were fairly mainstream Christians in full-time ministry, but fairly mainstream. We went to public school and then a Christian school. and But then we moved to a completely different province, to Ontario. And there we found ourselves more isolated. It was a new culture and it was a new language. We didn't speak English. <laughs> so, like, public school didn't really work out because we didn't speak English. So they took us out of school and started homeschooling us and they had had some influence from a family in Quebec before we left that introduced them to homeschooling so they kind of knew the idea it's not common at all in Quebec but they had been introduced to it anyway so they did that in Ontario and then that brought them into connection with a whole homeschool community yeah and that homeschool community tends to have conservative fundamentalist type families not all of them there's secular ones too but in this particular group 
it was definitely this type of Christians <laughs> mm-hmm. that were in there. And that got them introduced to another large family whose dad was a pastor, which was very similar to my family. And they became friends and then they got invited to the Bill Gothard seminar. And this Bill Gothard seminar promises to give you all the principles for Christian life. Mm-hmm. It holds big promises. This is how you live your Christian life. If you do this, your family will, you'll raise a godly family. You'll be godly. And it lays it out in the seven basic principles. So it's easy to follow. It's easy to listen to. And it has big promises. Mm-hmm. And they throw Bible verses left and right references, not the Bible verses necessarily, but they like cover their books with references, which you don't even have time to look up because this seminar is a week long it's several hours a night each day each evening like six to ten or something each night and then it's all day friday and all day saturday wow (laughs) so you are overloaded and i i was old i was 13 so i was or 14 I was old enough to go to the seminar and I remember like them telling you don't skip any part of the seminar. If you skip an evening because of whatever reason, if you skip an evening, that is probably the the teachings you needed in your life. Mm. And so anyways, it's coded in scripture. It's coded in Bible. It sounds good. Big promises. And to my parents who didn't who were always trying to seek how to raise Christian kids and have a Christian family because they were first generation, this was the answer. Mm-hmm. Plus, it brought them into a community. Mm-hmm. And so we became, we started attend like we attended that conference. The next year we went back and attended it again, and then at least twice. And then we moved to another community, and there is where we started homeschooling with the program of Bill Gothard because he has a whole homeschooling community. So my dad there was a pastor and so he was in the home a lot. So our entire, the entire um, input in our family became based on Bill Gothard's teachings. Mm-hmm. My dad would get the weekly, uh, the daily email devotionals from him. He would buy all the books at the conferences. We would homeschool with it, which was reading through materials every day as a family. We would start the day before breakfast with like Bible study based on you're looking for certain specific things that you've been told to look through for your homeschool curriculum. Like this is what you're looking for while you're reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're being told what to look for. You're not trying to find out what the scripture is saying to you. You're looking for this Mm -hmm. specifically. So, and then the sermons were based on these materials. Like our entire life became based on these materials. And instead of family vacations, we went to conferences. We did the basic seminar. We did the advanced seminar. We did the anger seminar. We did the Mm -hmm. pastor's conference. We went to yearly conferences for the homeschoolers. Just everything. And I was... I was 14, I think, when we started being going to the seminars, and I was 15, I think, when we joined the um, Bill Gothard Homeschool and Curriculum. And I, so looking back, I see very distinct before, what my family was like before, and what I was like after. And my youngest sister remembers that too, a little bit less since she was much young, since she was three years younger. But she definitely remembers that as well. And I find that fascinating 
because before that we went on family vacations but mm. after that our family vacations were going on conf to conferences no more family vacations our living room became a school room <laughs> mm. you don't relax together anymore you study all day it's bible and um, before, my parents always told me I could date when I was 16. Makes sense, right? Like you're old enough to be more mature. So it's just kind of a good age to give a child. But afterwards, after we joined Bill Gothard's teachings, then suddenly you can't date ever. <laughs> <laughs> you have to court, yeah. which is like parents guided and approved. And it's almost arranged marriage. Like it, mm -hmm. it's just... It's a business transaction. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a few podcasts on purity culture. And yeah. Yeah. You can go back and listen to those. But I just find it so interesting that this is how my family joined a cult. It gave them the promises of having a good godly family. And when we joined, I remember my parents said, we are not going to start worshiping Bill Gothard mm. the way that we see some families doing. But mm. guess what? It happened. Maybe they didn't worship him. They worshipped his teachings mm -hmm. and his methods and his curriculum that his organization put out. So it just, it's deceiving, you know, like it, yeah, it's easy. It happens to the best person. Like you really have to be on your card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder if there's more details that come to mind about the, the contrast between before and after. Like what? Um... Well, I have this picture Often when I think about the before, I see myself running through a field mm. in my light little You've told me about this. summer dress, just carefree. I must have been about 11. And then the picture I would think of me after, I was in my long dress, <laughs> mm. very modest, long hair, not upkept. Because, <laughs> you know, I just didn't really know how. And Well, nobody prioritized it. No. And like, there's no open field. Mm -hmm. I would think of myself in the church probably or, or in the house. Like, it's just, it's just interesting to me that the picture that stands out the most to me is from before. Mm -hmm. That's where the good memories are. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that emphasize between afterwards, you don't waste time. You don't waste your, you don't waste your days because your days are numbered and you're mm -hmm. held accountable and it's just a really big difference. I mean, you get into even quiverful teaching where you have a lot of kids. So we have an extra sibling <laughs> who's much younger, six years younger than the youngest. And it became more judgmental of other Christians, yeah. secluded us more because of that. Other Christians weren't worth, like they it was weren't. hard to find Christians that were Good enough. Good enough. <laughs> exactly. So before, I remember going to youth group, but after that, well, that's bad peer pressure. Mm -hmm. And before having all these friends, and after, well, we were no longer in public school, we were homeschooled. So now you're even, you're pretty isolated. And so there's a big, there's just a big difference. Like you lose freedom, you lose that certain joy of mm -hmm. living. That it, that's why I can say it's a cult yeah like it affected it changed our family drastically and it was so interesting to talk to a childhood friend and for her to tell me like this isn't how i remember your family before you moved to ontario it's like well you're right it wasn't yeah that wasn't her family our family changed drastically because we joined a cult <laughs> yeah 
I could just get this feeling that everything turned gray. Like, not necessarily that you felt gray, but as you think back on it, it feels like there's light and color before. Things weren't perfect, I'm sure, but compared to what came after, it was like gray and work and yeah. expectations and completely focused on the Bible and completely focused on studying and having godly principles and just it affected every area of our life mm -hmm. because those teachings go into every area of our lives like Bill Gothard's teachings affect how you dress how you eat how you think how you study how you have friends and peers and just everything mm -hmm. <laughs> it affects everything it affects birth control it affects yes like, uh courtship it affects relationship it suddenly you can't can't even have a crush on someone because that's giving away part of your heart that you'll never get back and mm -hmm. just things like that like it very legalistic mm -hmm. and maybe it's a sore point but i see it in other families especially families that are first generation christians yeah. sometimes i see the trend that they go down and it scares me mm -hmm. because i'm like you're trying the best you're trying to have the best family for god you're first generation christian and this is just like my family did and i'm scared for your kids yeah i see the oldest doing so much work in the family that helping care for all the little ones that what kind of childhood is she having? Mm -hmm. Will she even want kids when she's an adult now that she's already raised all her little siblings? Like, <laughs> I see that when people leaving ATI. Um, and it makes me worried. Like, I, I wish I knew what I could say to these families that just go down that rabbit hole of trying to be the best Christian family, especially as first-generation Christians is when I see it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if there is even anything I can say, but you know, moderate, <laughs> be <Yeah>. moderate. moderate. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being partly worldly. <laughs> like mm. <laughs> that sounds bad, but you know, like just mainstream. Yeah. Be more mainstream, uh, not so extreme. <laughs> well, there's a verse I found in, I've never ever heard it before. Um, but I, I, anyways, it came to mind. Uh, do not be, too righteous or do not be too wicked and do not be too righteous why should you destroy yourself huh yeah that fits perfectly i think it's in ecclesiastes or else in proverbs it's one of those hmm. books that's like kind of not really the bible <laughs> like it's anyways but it's wisdom that i've kind of taken for this season it's like you know you can be too much like too much religion can definitely kill you you know yeah it can destroy you this cult of ati mm -hmm. promised godly families who loved the Lord and were united. And yeah. and all I see is the destruction that it's Absolute. leaving. It breaks families apart. It brings so much depression and anxiety yeah. and trauma to kids. It it isolates so much. Um, kids, it leaves so many people open to abuse as well. Oh, yes. Sexual abuse, cars, emotional abuse, physical abuse. Yeah, this car is left on those kids raised with that where it's their entire childhood yeah. <laughs> it's their entire foundation is horrible yeah it's horrible and even even just not having social skills like um i'm trying to gonna try and think of how to say this without being crass but like there was somebody at work and there was 
we were all sitting around, there was like spare time and I was watching somebody have a conversation across the room. They couldn't hear me. I couldn't hear them. So I was just watching their facial and body posture. And I was trying to figure out if they were autistic or if they were homeschooled. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's like, this person was so awkward. (laughs) Like she did like, this is really bad, but like, like she was smiling, but it wasn't a smile. It was like all her teeth were showing, but it, like, it was just like, that's not how you smile. That's not how you, like her posture was wrong. Everything, you know, and it's like, there's some people that, you know, have Asperger's syndrome or like they're on the spectrum and, and that's, it's part of how they're wired, you know, and, and they deal with that and they have, you know, help and therapy and all these th- things. But then there's people that are homeschooled and uh, sometimes, oftentimes, like they just, they miss all those things, you know, and then that becomes an impediment for the rest of their lives among many some, other things. Some homeschoolers are like that. Not, not all. I, not I would all, say, sure. I don't know, being homeschooled, not necessarily that a lot of kids are like that. Some are definitely sheltered and like that, but others are still very much in their own church circles mm-hmm. and are not like that. Mm-hmm. Where it becomes difficult is when you step outside of the church circle. Yeah. So you can be very comfortable in your church circle and not be awkward at all. It's true. Yeah. But then when you step out, you don't know the innuendos. Mm-hmm. You don't know the references to pop culture. Mm-hmm. You don't know when people quote things. You have no clue what they're talking about. So you can't join join, join in the conversations. You can't You can't connect. Like you have no common ground. Mm-hmm. One, one, your common ground is all church and others is the world. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad to be in the world, yeah. <laughs> but we were taught not to be in the world yeah. because we are not from the world and mm-hmm. we are not to be part of the world. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, where, where's the overlap? How do you make friends? Mm-hmm. How do you step out of your church circle if that's where your comfort zone is and that's all you know? Yeah. That's where it's very difficult and dangerous. Yeah. Because you find, like as a young woman, you can find yourself in a situation where you'll be taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know pickup lines or Mm -hmm. social innuendos or just those little subtle things that you need to be aware of. Yeah. But you aren't being taught that because that would not be pure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was thinking along with that, like we're taught the world is bad like even as you say the world it's like oh well the world is bad the bible even says the world is bad um but god created the world (laughs) yeah and and society like apparently like like for four thousand years or whatever you know history and society like science has been developing and philosophy has been developing and like we're not killing each other nearly as much as we used to and we got democracy going for us and we, like there's all these wonderful things right and there's a lot of great stuff out there in society and when you're just told it's all evil then oftentimes what what happens is people leave these systems and they're just like well I was told it's all evil, but it's not true. This is all great stuff. But along with the good stuff, there is bad stuff. So you don't have that discernment. And they, yeah, it can really set people up to fail. Yeah. Getting back to this, you know, this question that you had of like, what could you say to somebody? And I mean, the only way to kind of 
dissuade somebody would be to speak to their desires. Like, what is it that you're looking for? What are you looking for in this system? Like, as you describe it, it's like, that sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like, well, we know a lot of the money, like it's expensive to be an ATI, uh, which is typical of cults. They want your time. They want your money. They want your kids. Did you know in ATI you even had to pay to go volunteer at their centers? <laughs> you did. You didn't get paid. You had to pay to go volunteer at their centers. Anyway, random tidbit that just popped into my head. Yeah. Well, that's how the Jehovah's Witnesses are, too. Huh. Um, Such a privilege to yeah. go work there. <laughs> well, it would have given you more social standing within the cult. Oh, for sure. Yeah. What do I you just think? met it's such a privilege that you have to pay. Yeah. And you don't mind paying. You don't, because <laughs> you've been told this is the thing to do. And... Uh, yeah. What do you think people are looking for that would make them... I think they're looking for the easy way out. <laughs> they wouldn't say that. But, like, they're looking for the answers. They're looking for the steps and the direction to be the best Christians out there and to be godly. Mm -hmm. And it seems like... Living in the grays, gray areas is hard. It is hard. Because then you don't, you can't say for sure to one child, like, no, you can't do that necessarily because this child is different. I mean, they're still right and wrong, but there's a lot of gray areas. Yeah. And maybe one child can start dating at 14, but another child's not ready till they're 16. Or, you know, like, you kind of, mm -hmm. you just need to go by each child and there's yeah. no right, there's no, black and white yeah. in a lot of ways. But when you join fundamentalist circles or, you know, legalism and things like that, then you have it cut out for you. Yeah. You have the answers. It's black and white. Yeah. Well, that gives you a sense of safety. Yeah. It gives you the answers as a parent, as a family. No, we will not date. We will only court with parental approval and we will supervise it to make sure that you marry the person that we like. <laughs> oh, sorry. That is best for you. <laughs> but like, it makes it cut and dry. Like it makes yeah. it easy because you have all the answers. Mm -hmm. But that's not living. No. That's not living. And it's not going to fit for everybody. No. You know, it's... And this is something that just drives me nuts, realizing over and over, th these are the rules that worked for the pastor or worked for somebody at some point. It was their own personal anecdotal experience. And then these things become the rules. And this is the rule for everybody now, you know. And But it doesn't fit for some people. No. It certainly doesn't fit if, you know, you're gender atypical. Yeah. And, but also if, you know, you just have a different personality. Like, it's different personalities, and we live in different parts of the world. Yeah. Culture is not the same everywhere. <laughs> you can't just, just make rules. No. You can't. And, and here we're not talking just about ATI. No. Like, you're really talking about someone from a Baptist church, yeah. or someone from Mennonite church, or someone yeah. from a Brethren church. Yeah. Like, any, any, or home church, any, mm -hmm. like, any denomination, someone can decide to just look for the rules. Yeah. And I understand it makes you feel in control and it gives you that power mm -hmm. over your family and authority, mm -hmm. but it's not, Yeah, it, that's not life. <laughs> and even something that comes to mind is like people within those systems will say, well, if you don't follow our rules, then you just believe there are no rules and that there is no truth. You're all like, in or all out. Well, that's black and white thinking, but the yeah. rest of the world, 
you know, there's things like art and there's literature and there's poetry. And it's like, there might not be a right and wrong answer for how do you date the perfect guy? But there's a whole bunch of fairy tales about princesses meeting princes and, you know, also Little Red Riding Hood meeting a, a wolf in the woods. Well, that's not a prince. That's a wolf, you know, like like there's stories and through the stories, you kind of learn the wisdom. And this is how cultures tend to communicate is here's some stories. Here's some wisdom. Here's a song. Here's a poem. And you, you communicate some wisdom. It's different than just telling somebody the rules. And I feel like, I, I mean, I'm kind of thinking of my own upbringing as well. Like in evangelicalism, it was about the rules. And I think ATI was just even more so. It was like, well, yeah. just buy the book. <laughs> even more rules. Yeah. Which is like simpler, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's how so many get roped into it. Because mm -hmm. it must be frustrating for a new Christian. You come in and there's a lot of unspoken rules. And you feel like an outsider because you, you know, don't know when you're supposed to stand in church or sit in church or you don't know the right dress code or you don't know what sort of music you guys listen to that you don't listen to or you're supposed to drink, you're not supposed to drink, whatever. Well, here's a system that just gives you all the rules. Yeah. Just memorize them and you're good to go. Yeah. So I can definitely see the attraction. Yeah, for sure. But it's not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> You know, life is just messy. Mm -hmm. Life is different for each person, yeah. each family unit. We all have different stories. We all have different personalities. We all have we have different jobs. We have different. We live in different societies or different cultures, and and I think it's just important to realize that there isn't just a straight across the line. This is what a Christian looks like. Yeah. There isn't a straight across the line. This is how you raise a family. And just be aware of that and be aware that being more conservative and being more full of rules is not necessarily better. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make you a better person. It doesn't make you a better Christian. And it might cause more issues than it brings yeah. <laughs> up. And just follow your gut mm -hmm. in how to raise your kids instead of following a book written by, if it's like ATI, written by someone who's not married and has no kids. But yeah. <laughs> like, just, even if it's someone, even if it's a family, a mom that's had 12 kids and she writes books, or like yeah. the Duggards who's had 18 kids and can write a book, you can't follow their example mm -hmm. because you're not that family and they're not a perfect family. Yeah. Even if many several years ago they could have written a book and it would have seemed perfect because yeah. their family was so perfect and now the kids are getting older and things are starting to leak out yeah i mean with joshua duggar for sure i mean yeah. with like being a pedophile and stuff but with the <laughs> that you know thing? just put that through <laughs> but with the daughters too some of them are starting to speak out they're like no we haven't gone back to visit our family for a couple years now mm -hmm. or we have different standards or I started drinking alcohol and like it's coming out that it wasn't all it was cut like it was yeah. shown to be in the reality TV show. The parents had control. Yes, they had control over their kids, but it wasn't healthy. Yeah. So I guess that's just what I'm seeing. Like looking back this past week over my family and just remembering the before and the after we joined this cult and just realizing like it's easy. 
it's easy for this to happen. And you have to be careful that you can't believe that something has all the answers. Yeah. And you can't, that's just, life is not like that. And mm-hmm. just have to be careful of it because it's devastating. Yeah, it is. I have, I have principles that I have gained from this. that hurts my head to laugh Um, speaking of drinking wine Um, it's about time to wrap up so we can go drink our beer and our wine and relax (laughs) beware of perfection you know when people offer you perfection promise perfection this is the truth this is the perfect way close to perfection it's like there's so few things that are perfect in life. Yeah. Something that I've realized is that evangelicalism as a whole claim to have the answers for everything. Yeah. For science, for love, for family. Science, that's evil. (laughs) Well, I mean, six day creationism and like, we'll have our own homeschool curriculum. You learn all your science from there, learn your medicine from there, learn, you know, everything. One stop shop, get your music from here, get your, Oh, yeah. Video games, get your your clothes, everything. And it's like, when in life do you trust one company to do everything for you? You, it's, you it's, mean focus it's on stupid. the family? It can't be trusted with everything? Well, that's... That's, <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Unsubscribe to focus on the family. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not totally a fan of focus on the family, but that's another thing. And... I do think that you can find wisdom in the Bible. This is because I'm a Christian. You're an agnostic. But... Yeah, I don't agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) I think that it's hard to find any wisdom in there when you've been... When people have tried so hard to just see the rules. But I do think that there is... This is just my own perspective. You mean like the fairy tales you were talking about earlier? (laughs) I think there's a lot of wisdom in fairy tales. And I I think there is a dimension in which scriptures work that way that you can read them like a fairy tale if you want, and you can find the wisdom in them. Um, but I really think that the Bible was not meant to be read to make rules, and that's where everything goes wrong. Yeah. You can interpret the Bible however you want. You really and can. And people are doing that and coming with all these rules, and they seem right. Yeah. And they lead people astray. Yeah. Like the Pharisees. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it leads them to a place where there's a lot of control and not a lot of love. No, no love. Very little. Yeah. So that wraps up what I wanted to say about my processing from this past week, sort of at AGI part three, Uh but how people go down this trail and I understand why. And I have sympathy for that in a way, in a way they're victims too. Yeah. But not as much as their kids will be. But the kids are victims. Yeah. And can I just say, I'm excited to see the progress in you from between these two. Because I really feel like there's a difference. And maybe that's encouraging for people out there. I know some listeners are processing ATI and other traumas. Um, it's just been encouraging to see, like, it is possible to make progress and, and to process some of these things. and. Not I don't that, feel not like that, I've made progress. Well, I feel like you do. <laughs> Good. And, I mean, I'm not saying, oh, you're all done, you know, uh, but yeah. I just, I, I feel like it's progress. Nice. So yay. 
Thank you, Proper. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and before we wrap up, I just wanted to say that Josiah has been posting really cool stuff on his Instagram. He's been doodling these pictures or using apps to like put quotes <laughs> and putting them on Instagram. And they're so good. Why, thank you. They're really, really good. They're the You're the main Instagram account I follow. <laughs> so I wanted to plug it in in here. What is your Instagram name? Josiah underscore R underscore Meyer. Josiah M underscore R underscore Meyer, which is M-E-Y-E-R. Yes. There we go. Go <laughs> give him a follow. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. Bye, everyone.